Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? If your team has won these last couple of weeks, praise God. If they hadn't, I'm sorry. I love you. How about them Cowboys? That was kind of weak, man. That was kind of weak. I don't know wherever it is y'all need to move to, but you need to get out of Texas, right? I mean, come on. How many of y'all think the Cowboys are going to win today? Thank you. Thank you. All right. There we go. Here we go. Praise God. All right. Amen. They're going to win. It's going to be a good game. Uh, this past week, uh, we weren't here. We run a little uh, trip, and I'm grateful that Mike Haynes preached. And uh, our family, along with Megan's mom and dad, uh, went to South Padre. I've never been there before, and we had a wonderful time. And i got to tell you two things. We attended a church called Church by the Sea, and it's right almost on the beach. And they just got a new pastor, but they need a janitor. And so this will be my last Sunday. I'm, I'm moving to South Padre and uh, going to hang out there. So now I'm playing. I'm playing. Uh, the other thing is we did a lot of fun things while we were there. But one of the things that we did is Arthur and Ashley and I took surfing lessons. And, uh, yeah, quit laughing. All right. Uh, we'd never done that before. And uh, so we went and uh, they, uh, we had to put on wetsuits to go surfing. And they assured me the one they gave me would fit. Now, Arthur slipped right into his, and he looked like Superman, you know? I mean, he looked like he could be in a surfing magazine. I got mad about halfway up, and I couldn't breathe. And uh, <laughs> Arthur just stood there looking at me. He wouldn't help me. So he, I asked him to help me, so he helped me get it on. Now, she assured me it was the right size, but it seemed small in certain areas. I don't know. Uh, it was black and white, and it kind of... Have you ever heard of Shamu before? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that, so I, I, if you can imagine Shamu trying to surf, that's exactly what it looked like. Ashley did really good. She surfed. Arthur did good. Uh, we didn't go out very far, and when you surf up, the water was real shallow, and the lady helping us said, now, don't, if you fall off, don't fall on your head because you'll break your neck. But there was no worries for me because I never did get up. So, uh, but, but uh, And then I had to have help getting it off. You're lucky I'm not preaching in it this morning. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, 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 it was bad. It was bad. So, but we had a great time. And so, uh, I'm, I'm grateful, uh, that we were able to get away and I'm grateful that you're here. All right. I want to read to you this morning out of Colossians chapter three. I can't believe y'all are laughing at me for thinking about what a, I look like in a wetsuit, right? <clears throat> Colossians three, starting with verse 13. I'm going to read down through 17 out of the new living translation. And, uh, just listen to what the word says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness Fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. In verse 17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, obviously, all of us know it's 2015. And I want to share with you this morning some things as we move into 2015, and I want to emphasize two points. I want to talk to you this morning about some things that I would like for you to do this year more often, okay? Now, I want to make a real important point here. I'm not going to ask you to do these things every day, 
Okay, what, what do you mean, pastor? Well, if I get up here and ask you to do something every day, then what happens is you do it for a few days. Then if you falter and you don't continue or you miss a couple of days, then you can feel condemned and then it can be hard on you. So my focus this morning is simply more often. As I share these thoughts with you this morning, I want to encourage you to do them more often. Now, let me make another thing clear. If you know Jesus as your Savior this morning, you've invited him into your life, you are in right standing with God. You have a relationship with God. He loves you. He's forgiven you. So the things I'm sharing this morning are not to make God happy or to get him to be happy with you or to get him to be pleased with you or like you. If you know Christ, you already have that. My heart this morning is to help you simply to grow, okay? One of the things Vicki always says, and I've, I've really taken it to heart in our life, is you cultivate love, okay? Your relationship with God is the very same way. So the heart of this message this morning is to help you to cultivate your relationship with God, and I'm going to ask you to do some things this year more often. Here's the first one. I want you to give God each day more often than you did last year. And right, here's how I want that to look. Here's what it looks like in my life. Okay, before you get the kids up in the morning, maybe before you jump in the shower, maybe before you turn on the news, uh, whatever it looks like before you start your day, and even if you start your day and are in your vehicle on the way to work, here, here's what it looks like. God, would you fill me today? God, would you guide my steps? Would you guide my thoughts? Would you direct who I'm going to be around? And would you, would you walk with me today? So that's what it looks like. I want to encourage you to give God each day more often. And it, you don't have to pray it exactly like I prayed it. That's not the point. The point is the way you pray it, the way you're comfortable doing it. Listen, talk to God. There's not a wrong way to talk to God. And you just say simply this, Father, fill my day. Okay, I give you this day. When you get up in the morning, you say, God, I give you this day. Would you direct my steps? Would you bring me across the right people? Would you open doors for me? Would you lead me? Would you guide me? And I want to encourage you to do that more often this year. All right, here's the second thing I want you to do. I want you to be in church more often. Now, of course, I'm the pastor, and so you think, well, pastor, you're supposed to say that because you're the pastor, and, and I'm not going to disagree with that. And again, it's not pressure. It does, we all miss church. I wasn't in church last week, okay? I was laying on the beach and feeling sorry for you, okay? So, so I'm not trying to condemn you or put pressure on you. Here, here, here's the thought. Here's what's on my heart. When 2.15 is finished, I want you to look back on 2.15 and say to yourself, we were in church more often than we were not in church. Listen, you will grow. You know it. You're here. You know it. You will grow, you'll be encouraged, we sing together, we pray together, we have fellowship in the Java Cafe together. Our lives are better, our lives are stronger, our lives are enriched because we're in church. So as we move into 2015, I want you to think, hey, this year, I'm going to be in church more often. Hey, you're going to miss, you're going to have times you're not here, we all do that, but... I'm going to make church a priority in my life as a Christian, and I'm going to be in God's house on Sunday, and I'm going to worship together with my brothers and sisters, and I'm going to do it more often. Here's the next one. I want you to read your Bible more often. I want you to read your Bible more often. Listen, the Bible is filled with the life of God. It's not just words. It's not just ink on paper. When you read the Bible, 
it changes you. You grow, you become informed, you become enlightened, and you will be the kind of person that you desire to be. More importantly, you'll be the kind of person God desires for you to be. Listen, when you read the Bible, you don't read it, it reads you. And a lot of times we'll stay away from the Bible because of that reason. Or I'll hear somebody say, well, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. The simple solution to that is ask the author what he wants you to know, and God will show you what it says. Now, let me talk to you for just a minute about reading. When I was growing up in school, I was not a good reader. All right, I struggled in reading. I started school early, and I I had a hard time with reading, and I just never did do very good with reading. I didn't do good even through junior high and high school through reading. I I just struggled. But then after I got out of school, and uh, I went to college some, and then I I felt in my heart that I was going to be in the ministry. God called me into the ministry, and I went to Bible school. Here's what happened. I made the decision that I wanted to grow spiritually. I made the decision I didn't want to be... Uh, I, I didn't want to take the path of least resistance. I didn't want to believe what everybody else said about the Bible. I wanted to read it for myself. So what I began to do was I, began, I made the decision and I began to make myself read. Okay, I didn't want to read. I didn't like to read. I wasn't very good at reading, but I made myself do it. And over time, as I began to make myself read, not only did I begin to read the Bible, but I began to read other books also. Now I enjoy reading, and I'm a good reader, and I love to read, and I'm always reading. I'm always looking for good books. One of the prayers I've prayed for 2015 is this, God, would you guide me to the right books to read? Okay, you can get online, and you can look at a 1,000 different books. You can go to the Christian bookstore, and it's filled with books, and sometimes you can think, my gosh, where do I even start? What do I even read? I don't even know what to read, and I prayed. I asked the Lord, Lord, would you guide me, and would you direct me on what to read? I want to encourage you to read your Bible more often. If it's on your phone, if it's on an iPad, if it's an actual paper Bible, whatever that looks like for you, I'm not asking you to read it for 30 minutes. I'm not asking you to read a chapter a day. I'm just asking you to read more often, and you will grow spiritually. You will gain strength in your life spiritually. So that's the next thing I want you to do. Let me give you the next one. I want you to pray more often. Don't be intimidated by prayer. All right, let me say it again. Don't be intimidated by prayer. God loves you, and he wants to talk to you. That's all prayer is. Talk to him. Talk to him throughout your day. Talk to him in the morning. If you're in line at the bank, if you're at Sonic, anytime throughout your day when you have some time, talk to God. Make an effort, make a point throughout this year that you're going to pray more often. Now, let me address the issue of unanswered prayer. Hey, pastor, I've prayed this year. I haven't seen the results that I wanted or I'm a little discouraged with that. Let me encourage you, don't give up on prayer. Continue to pray by faith if you need to. And we all pray by faith. But if you've been discouraged, continue to pray, all right? Take some time throughout your day whatever it looks like in your day, and take time and pray more often. So when you look back at the end of this year, you can say, hey, I prayed more in 2015 than I did in 2014. And I took time to talk to God. Listen, pray for your mate. Pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for, some of you have great grandchildren. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for the people you work with. Pray for the people you go to school with. Pray for the teachers and professors you have in school. There's no, there's, we've got really more to pray about than we have time to pray, amen? 
So it's not a matter of, well, what do I pray about, okay? If you're married, the very first thing you pray for is your mate. Pray for your wife. Pray for your husband. Pray for your children. Take time and pray more often. Here's the next one. Love more often this year. Listen, it's easy to not love. I know it. Why? Because love hurts. Love is risky. Anytime you step out and love someone, if you've ever been hurt, if you've ever been rejected, I know exactly what that feels like. I know you do too. So you tend to pull back and you think, hey, I'm not going to love. All right, listen to this quote. The greatest test of your character is how you treat others. The greatest test of your character is how you treat others. Now, many of you are just like me. I was, I was, I was raised and I was taught, you don't lie you don't steal, you don't cheat. I was taught those basic values in life. I knew when I went into a store as a child, whether I was by myself or I was with friends or I was with my parents, you didn't steal. I was taught that from early on, and I knew you didn't do it no matter what. I was taught you didn't lie. And even if you, you, know, you thought you could get out of something, but I was just taught by my parents you don't do that. All right, those are character traits, and I understand that many of you have those. But I'd like to encourage you to add this one. The greatest test of your character is how you treat others. So I want to encourage you in 2015 to love more. Instead of not loving, make a decision to love. Now, love is a verb. Okay, it's a verb. What does it mean? That means you put action to what you say. I was listening to a radio preacher this week, and he was talking about how we go to church, we've invited Jesus into our heart, and then this is the statement he made. So what? So what? Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm so grateful you're in church this morning. I'm so grateful that you've taken time to be here. And I know you love God, and I know you're searching, and I know you're here with the right motive. Like I preach all the time. Uh, I don't believe there's a hypocrite in this room. Okay, you're not here trying to pretend to be something you're not. You're earnestly here looking for hope and looking for help. Okay, that's my heart for you. But it so struck me when this young man on the radio said, you say you're a Christian, so what? In other words, does it show up in your finances? Does it show up in your time and with your calendar? Does it show up in how you live your life, how you treat your family, how you treat the people you work with? If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? All right, what am I saying? I'm saying love more often this year. Here's the next thing. I want you to forgive more often. I want you to forgive more often. I heard one time that forgiveness is the queen of all virtues. It's the queen of all virtues. Listen, I know you know it as well as I do. You will never be sorry for forgiving. You will never be sorry. And I've preached on it extensively, and I'm not preaching on it extensively this morning. But I know the one reason why we won't forgive sometimes is because we think we're letting that other person off the hook when, in fact, who we're letting off the hook is ourselves. So I want to encourage you in 2015, if there's something in your life in 2014, maybe it goes back further than that. Maybe it's two years, five years. It could be 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But if there's something in your life you need to let go of and you need to give to God and you need to forgive, I want to encourage you to do it. I was visiting with a young woman recently, and she was struggling with something that was done to her in her past by a person. And she said to me, I want to go to that person, and I want to say, why did you do that to me? And I was sitting there visiting with her, and here's what came out of my mouth. People don't know why they do what they do. 
A lot of times they honestly don't know why. If you were to ask somebody that's hurt you, why did you hurt me? A lot of times they can't say. You know, you, a child will misbehave, and you know you can get a hold of a small child and say, "Why did you do that?" And honestly, they don't know why. I can tell you why because we have a sin nature, and because we have flesh, right? So I encourage this young woman: let go of that and give it to Jesus because He cares. See, He cares. Amen. So I want to encourage you to forgive more often this year. Forgive more often. Now, let me read them to you briefly. Give God your day more often this year. Be in church more often this year. Read your Bible more often this year. Pray more often. Love more often. And forgive more often this year. Now, I have one thing that I want you to do less this year. One thing. I didn't make a list. Now, I've got a list of what, six, five, six, seven things here that I want you to do more often. I want, there's one thing that I want you to do less this year, and here it is. I want you to worry less this year. I want you to worry less. I know many of you are tormented with worry, and you have fear of future things. You have fear of the economy. You can have fear of employment issues. Okay, how many of you remember way back, now this is a long time ago, Way back in 1999, that was 15 years ago. Man, I had hair back then. I mean, I was as good looking as Theo, I mean, back then. I mean, 50, you know I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I've lost it since then, I know. But way back in 1999, there was a thing called Y2K. Y'all remember? Y'all remember Y2K? Yeah, and I can remember them saying that the computers were going to crash and New York City was going to be out of food and they truck all the food by trucks into New York City and they only have a 48-hour supply of food and the computers are going to crash and the, the red lights are going to stop working, the trucks are going to stop running, New York's going to be starving and out of food, people are going to pour into the streets and start killing each other. You remember? I can remember watching the preachers on TV, and they would be looking right into the camera. I'm looking into my pretend camera. And they would say, he that doesn't plan is a fool. And then they would have preachers on from other towns, and they would talk about how they'd saved up rice and saved up beans and saved up water. So when the zombie apocalypse came... Right? The zombie apocalypse came in 1999 because of the crash of the computer. Then everybody in their com community could come to their church and they'd give them a bag of beans and a bag of rice and a cup of water and give them Jesus. Now, y'all remember what happened, right? You know what? Yeah, nothing. Amen. Nothing happened. Now, I had to, you know, I'm talking about forgiveness. I had to forgive and repent. Because the next day I wanted that preacher to get on TV. And I could tell you his name. You'd know who he is. There was more than one of them. But I wanted them to look into that camera and say, folks, we were fools and we were wrong. And we want to ask you to forgive us. But you know what? They didn't do that. Not one of them got on TV and said, do you ever notice how preachers won't say they're wrong? You know, I, you know not me included, right? I mean, come on now, right? You know? But, but then it's, and it's like, all right, you know what we did in 1999? We started Ground Zero in 1999, and we had our first youth service, and it was not across the street. It was right in there where Java Cafe was. We had adult Bible study in here, and they played loud music and played ping pong and played video games in there where the nursery is, and there were baby cribs and stuff down at the end of the hall. We did that. And here's what I know. If we'd have saved up rice and beans in 99, I believe we wouldn't even be here today because we'd have been a laughing stock in this community. And I can imagine every time I went into a cafe, somebody would say, oh, there's that preacher. You got any rice and beans? 
Yeah, I'd have had to have tucked my tail between my legs and left this town because I would have been so embarrassed. Listen, what's the point of all that? Here's the point of all of it. Everybody was worried about that, and it didn't happen. Listen, the things a lot of times that you worry about the most don't happen. They don't happen. Can I tell you something? The Mexican cartel is not taking over Texas. They are not. And if you're worried about that, I'm just, I'm not trying to pick on you. You don't have to worry about it anymore. I was at South Padre and somebody said, oh, we, I know people that don't vacation down here anymore because it's too close to the border and they kidnap people. In Texas, they kidnap people. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, I ate out, I laid on the beach. They didn't want to kidnap me because I looked like Shamu. I know that's why they didn't want me. Amen. It's like we couldn't carry him out of here, right? Listen, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I, I want you to understand, don't worry, okay? I want you to worry less this year, and I want you to give your worries. And I know you have legitimate worries. I'm not trying to make light of your worries. I know many of you have things you're concerned about, and they're real. But I, I want to encourage you to give those things to Jesus. Now, let me emphasize one more thing. I want to emphasize the point of more often. Okay, I'm not looking for perfection. I'm not asking you to do this every day. Uh, while we were gone, we got home, and Kurt and Megan uh, were gone. And while they were gone, we babysit their dog. They have a lab named Gemma. And we went and picked her up and kept her at our house because it was cold. And we had a great time with her and hung out with her. Well, she's a, she's a Labrador, and she loves to run and chase rabbits. And so I would take her up behind the house out in the field and let her run and drive around in the pickup. I didn't run with her. Okay, I just drove around in the pickup and listened to the radio with the heater on while she ran, and she'd run until her tongue was hanging, and then I'd stop and drop the tailgate down, she'd jump in the back, and we'd go home. Well, I took her one day, and she ran, and she ran, and she ran, and she was tired, and man, I stopped and let the tailgate down, and she wouldn't come and get in the truck. And I called her, and I called her, and I called her, and she wouldn't come and get in the truck. And I called her, and I called her, and I called her, and she wouldn't come get in the truck. And by then, I am boiling mad. If that dog had got close to me, I'd have run her over. I mean, I'm so mad. If I'd have had a gun, I would have done something I probably would have gotten in trouble for. She wouldn't come to me. So I just thought, I'm going to leave her out there. I don't care. And so I drove home and pulled up in the driveway. And when I did, Coach Cole, many of you know Coach Cole, Happy Cole, he pulled in my driveway behind me and he got out and he said, hey, are you looking for a black lab? And I said, yeah, that's my son's stupid dog and she won't come to me. And he said, oh, well, she's up at my house in my neighborhood. So I got in my truck. I followed him up there. He got out, and she came right to him. And he held her by the collar, and I went over and got her by the collar. And he said, you just don't have the touch. <laughs> so I wanted to punch the dog, and then I wanted to punch him. Okay? Well, then I'm so mad, I took her here to Kurt's house, and I put her in the backyard, and I left her in the backyard all day because I'm home fuming because she wouldn't come to me. And I'm thinking, well, she can suffer in the backyard, and I hope she gets cold. Well, by the end of the day, I got over it, and I went back over here, and I got her, and I brought her in the house. And when I brought her in the house, Vicky said, oh, I guess you're over being mad at the dog. I thought that was unfair. Okay, but, but I did get over it. Here's the point. Uh, I, I'm preaching on uh, pray more, love more, and forgive more, and I didn't do any of those very good that day, right? You're going to have days where you don't do it, and I understand that, but I just want to encourage you. Okay, would you just take a step this year toward Jesus, whatever that step looks like in your life, and I want you to turn your heart toward him more often.
Okay. All right, we've got cards that we want to hand out. Cody, are you ready? We've got cards that we want to hand out. If you've been to church here before, the first Sunday of the year, we give out a card, and uh, we're going to take a few minutes this morning, and we're going to write down what you're thankful for from last year and what you want to see God do in your life this year. So everybody get a card. If you've got...